What's up? I'm Jeff Weiss, a writer. And I'm no can do a rapper. <laughs> and this is Shots Fired, a podcast about hip hop and the future. And future. And pupusa ladies. Pupus- and the past. <laughs> and tamales. Did you hear about like there was like uh, tamales got stopped at like San Pedro? They had like a they stopped a shipment of like illegally imported tamales in San Pedro. Were they doping the tamales? Well, the tam- <laughs> I'm not going to make that bad joke. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, probably, the tamales were dope. yeah, <laughs> the tamales really dope. were the tamales dope. Like, I like that I've got to this point in my life where like my brain like wants to tell the bad joke, but then like there's like a better part of me that's like, no, don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll still make it. <laughs> it's still not funny. There's a little friend in your head. Yeah. 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 Um, who is future? I was thinking the other day about like how cool it would be. Like, there's this movie, uh, this old Woody Allen movie called Play It Again, Sam. Mm-hmm. And it's like basically where Woody Allen is shadowed by Humphrey Bogart, mm-hmm. like a ghost of Humphrey Bogart. And looks like every time there's like a life decision in Woody Allen's life, like Humphrey Bogart's like, yeah, kid, this is what you should do. <laughs> you know, and like, but I was thinking, like, what if you could do that, but with sugar free? Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> like we're like sh- <laughs> that would but, be really good. But it's like sugar free, and it's like sh- the little sugar free on your shoulder. It's like what should you do? And you're like, I feel like you reference Woody Allen movies like I reference anime. Like that's yeah. that's like that's this. Well, it's like an interesting conversation. Like, it kind of leads naturally into it, like with Woody Allen and Sugar Free, because they're both very problematic individuals. Because it's like we they have this conversation a lot. Like critics always want to talk about, can you appreciate somebody's art despite them being a despicable person? I'm of the mindset that most artists are despicable people. Yeah. Probably including- the more despicable you are, the better your art is at the moment. Because I don't think you as a person can be despicable. I think you have despicable moments, errors, ages, and phases. Well, there are like Jared from Subway is like unanimously despicable. But, you know, I'm a Christian, so I'm like, you know, if change the behavior, forgiveness, all that, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Or not to say I, I was raised Christian, Yeah, you know? So, like, you know, I bet you there's moments when Sugar Free is a fucking angel. Oh, I, well, I guarantee there's moments. Well, there was, like, I was reading this Henry Miller quote where he was like, like most artists, they have a little bit of half of the angel and half of the devil in them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's, like, most, I mean, most people have a little bit of the angel and the devil, but I feel like artists may be a little stronger. The creation, in, in the creation, there's the devil, and in the editing, there's the angel. Yeah, well, Sugar Free, I mean, Sugar Free's done some bad shit. Woody Allen's definitely done some, probably Sugar Free, I mean, Sugar Free's probably, like, done some fucking crazy shit. I mean, but here's the thing. I would just imagine that it's mostly pimping related. Yeah, I imagine and so. And so it's like the same sin over and over and over and yeah, over Yeah, but over. pimping can get pretty brutal. If you've, I've read the story about, did you read that Zora, the Zora, the Zola story? The yeah. one that was on the internet? But still, it's like, it's just sex and manipulation. Whereas like, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd imagine that like, you know, I, I couldn't see fucking like sugar-free, like, you know, fucking like killing a dude or fucking... You know, not to say that 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 he wouldn't, or like you know, some people are like I don't do thieving, you know, stealing, you know, yeah. what I'm saying like like shit like that, you know. Sugar free is really like, how does like one be- get a style like sugar free? You know what I mean? Do you think that was like natural? I don't think sugar free was like rhyming in ciphers and shit. Uh, rap is slang for talk, and um, every I think every rapper sounds like they're talking, yeah. and they can either be talking like themselves or talking like a character that they ran into in their life. So if you sound like sugar free and you you know, talking like some pimp talk, sick man, awesome shit like that. Yeah. Some dude you might might have sat next to in county, and he talked like this. Da 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 da. You be like, damn, that's a good way to. Why rap. do pimps talk like that? Like there is like a definite like because they a, in high pursuit for, of a prostitute, man. <laughs> They're trying to get this money. They in and out, and they trying to get it all on the bitch. You feel me? <laughs> I don't think I would, like it. Suddenly, also becomes E forty too. I mean, because E forty like. 
It's that it's it's that pimp talk. Is that you know trying to get yeah. that bread? I mean, but sugar free and E forty. I it's mean, pretty similar. Very similar. There's a style of like West Coast rap, and there's like a, I would even call it like like a just a like a it's an underground it's underground regional rap, and it's not like the fucking freestyle fellowship dilated people kind of like conscious yeah. or art art underground, but it's the same it's the same world where Selly Cell fits and where. You know, maybe Brother Lynch hung peaks into, and we're sugar free. Mac Dre for sure. Mac Dre, yeah. we're E Forty's at the top because he has platinum records and he yeah. has like n- national hits or whatnot. I really think that's a, such an underrated like world. And you know, like we talk about hip hop heads talk about the '90s in New York, and they're just like on the '90s in New York's dick. Oh yeah, like they love it. And it's like, you, how can you be on the '90s of one region's dick for so long? Like, well, Vince Staples, Vince Staples, when he, you hear, did you hear about that beef that, that Vince got into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was some dumb shit, like, because he was like, whatever, like, first of all, like, I'll, I'll start it off by being like, yo, the irony of it all is, like, how many, like, of these dudes are into the 80s like that? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not into the 80s like that. I'll be the first one to say that. Like, I mean, I, I, do I respect it? Yeah, but w- are you going to ever catch me listening to a Run DMC record? Hell no. Yeah, like, yeah. I would never listen to a Run DMC record for fun. Like I won't listen to anything '92 before fun because that's when you're like you know you are ten years old you get you start like yeah. out and then you're like I don't, I don't want to talk I'm not bashing either side no I mean I'm obviously it, I'm just like, talking about like people people can say oh I love UGK and like you know Miami bass like all the all the all the beat dudes are like oh Miami bass changed music but then I think about like what you know what Brother Lynch hung <laughs> like is like the theatrics and like you know like. While horrorcore was happening, you know, with the Gravediggers, Brother, Grave diggers, Brother yeah. Lynch Hung was like, he took it to a way that was way to, like, way past, like, it was like three dimensional compared. I to never the really shit listened to were, Brother Lynch Hung. Oh my God. Listen to Excalibur, bro. Yeah. Listen to, I mean, there's so much shit. But, like, like compared to what, what horrorcore was, Brother Lynch Hung's was way more three dimensional because it was mixed with, like, gangster shit. So, like, you kind of, like, took the shit in, like, oh, this is gangster. But then he would say some shit that was a little bit, like, then he would introduce the Sherm element, which wasn't being talked about, and then a really human slash like I don't know, just like he got like it got it got real sociopathic, and it was like like as a kid that shit would scare the fuck out of you, and it was done so well, kind of like the movie Tales from the Hood. Not nah, way better. <laughs> it's not. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a joke. It yeah. was like you know, like I'm you now know was I'm, Tales from the Hood. Like I'm fucking her with the back end of my pistol, you know, like shit yeah. like that. And you know, and it's like after the Sherm hits, and then he had the the sound effects and the breaths in in the fucking recording. Oh, shit, did you so ever tight. read the story on like Passion of the West? We had this dude like knew a guy whose neighbor was was Brother Linchung, really? and like Shig- Brother Linchung like moved into like this like very white neighborhood, like mm-hmm. in the burbs of like Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like all the ridiculous things that Brother Linchung did like in suburbia. It's really funny. You should, you should oh, give it. me an example. Um, I forget them all right now. I'll uh, I can I can pull it up on my on my laptop though. Uh, which you know, actually, well, I don't, don't, do I don't have internet. It's fine. It's fine. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about future because future is an interesting. We just were playing the video for Rich Sex, because mm-hmm. um, that's what we do randomly. Um, <laughs> future, I don't know. Future, I think. Why do you think he captured the imagination of everyone this year? And like, why do you think he became? Because that's a crazy story to go from like being like he's like tried to make me a pop star and they made me a monster. That's one of my favorite lines mm-hmm. like ever yeah, in the yeah. last because. It just like it's everyone that like tries to I feel like turn on themselves and like not make the stuff that they want to make because they're chasing some kind of like yeah. pop bullshit that they don't even believe in. Um, Unless they, I've said it a hundred times on 
on this podcast, and I'll say it a hundred motherfucking more. Rap now is where rock was in the mid nineties. And so you get bands like fucking Weezer who make the fucking sweater song and they get a gang of motherfucking money and then they fucking they're like, No, I'm not being true to myself. I must make Pinkerton. And then they make this fucking imploded ass record that becomes a cult classic, you know? Future did a better job than Kendrick at it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, but this is his third go around. Well, this and is sort of well. I mean, his third go around at at a, at, at a at major a, label at a full length record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of a full length record, he did like a, a quarterly mixtape run. You know what I'm saying? Or quarterly, yeah. And he did quarterly because some I, some shit came out. I mean, I feel like that. It's also like. The, the the amount of like the balance like I asked him like I interviewed him and I was like are you happy now and he's like I'm like halfway happy and like I was like great like that, that was a great because I feel like he is like very un- there you can tell that like and it's like there is like a he hits like this like weird like dog whistle thing of like mm-hmm. like the, the, of like when you've been in a relationship that like m- you're probably responsible for it going wrong yeah. but somehow you still feel spurned in some way yeah. because like you're like blaming on the other person you're like no there were things we could have done to make it work and the other person doesn't want to make them done but like at heart you're probably the reason why it's not working yeah, yeah, and I feel future captured that really well and it's like yeah, yeah. I don't know like I mean also like t- it goes beyond I don't know you ever listen to the song hardly from Monster. Or, nah. like, throwaway. Nah. He has these weird, like, fucked up songs. I mean, Codeine Crazy is probably... I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna listen to it. I, I think what he does musically is really tight. Um, you know, while you have your J. Coles and while you have your Kendricks and while you have your... Even your Drakes, because Drake tries to do it. Drake is, like, the gateway into into stuff like Future. There's, like, there's this feel-based... There's feel-based rap now, yeah. where it's, like, you know... Obviously, like, we all know what the f- a punchline is. We all know what wordplay is. You can literally learn. You can learn how to fucking, you know, say this is like a this, set up and knock them down. Yeah. You can put words like cataract and, you know, you know, baccarat mm-hmm. together and do all that shit. You can do that shit. And you can put as many as you want together. Yeah. You can go online and find a fucking rhyming dictionary. You can do that shit. But learning to do feel based rap where things just kind of fall into place that's like learning how to be a jazz drummer you know did you have to learn how to do that like when you like as you like i think it's just freestyling on the corner that's that's where yeah. you get that from you get that from like really freestyling and um and I, I i don't i don't know if i if i'm fucking really like amazing at it you know but uh i know fucking i know future Future is fucking amazing at that shit. What's it? Yeah, it's interesting because I interviewed him and I was like, talking to him about the process, and it's just like literally like he would just go into the studio and like feel. You know what I mean? It's like I imagine it's like how Bjork is. Like you know what I mean? It's like where am I plugged into into the universe today? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Future's hat, like getting vibrations from the hat, like, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> like Mister <laughs> Future with like he has his own hat. <laughs> Future is like Mister Hat, and it's like he's talking to his fedora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the hat is Esco. Yeah, yeah. Who is probably the coolest DJ in the world, I would think. Yeah, I think he's pretty cool. Esco, did you ever watch the the GQ Magic City thing? Mm-mm. You should watch it. It's pretty amazing because it's like a 20-minute... It's like 20 minutes, but it's also like a lot of Magic City stripping. But then it's like interviews with Future and like the son of like Magic. Yeah. Who's like really smart, the son of Magic. Like You have to be. But he was sort of like... But he was sort of like trying to find like a thing between like his life of sin between like... It was like it was a very complicated, interesting guy. Yeah. And then Esco's like... Of course I'm going to date strippers. Who else am I going to meet? <laughs> like, it was, like, so matter of fact. It's like, come on. Uh, the fuck? I love it. Um, 
So what? Uh, so yeah, this is your end. Well, this episode is with DJ Trackstar, uh, DJ for Run the Jewels. We taped this also uh, many moons ago. Yeah, hey man, you guys need to stop asking about these motherfucking podcasts. Like, like, dude, like, <laughs> like, there's literally a fucking drought in Southern California. Or like, don't, don't. You want a fucking podcast, and there's fucking farmers in cent- in the Central Valley who have fucking sh- like, pot, lo- rows and rows of scribbled mm-hmm. up strawberry fields. And motherfucker, there's like a wine shortage because of the drought. And you give a fuck about a podcast. Let's think about what's important in life, guys. What the fuck is really important? And not your fucking one hour of entertainment of us talking about some shit that barely matters in the universe. Motherfuckers have commutes, though. Ah, <laughs> fuck out of here. They can't have a, you know, it's, it's a lovely day in South Central. Although the garbage thing yeah, is the, kind of impairing it. You hear my garbage truck. We're, you we're hear the garbage truck, the smoke alarm. We're probably going to tape from here. Oh, dude, the smoke, you can hear the smoke alarm beep? Like, I'm so <laughs> yeah, that shit is shit. driving me insane. <laughs> that shit is like, I'm like the shining right now with oh your smoke God. alarm beep. I, I wonder if it's a battery powered. I think it's a battery thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at least I have some. Yeah. People are going to listen to this and like it's slowly <laughs> driven. It's like the water torture podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's the end of the year. Um, we were gone. We didn't Yo, really talk why, about it. fool? All right. Um, we have, what were your? Did you have any favorite projects that came out this year? Anything you were listening? What were you listening to this year? <sighs> to be totally honest, um, so if you talk about my favorite uh, projects, I was listening to Fifty Six Nights alongside of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Is, are those, those are just the, the divorce, the divorce albums of 2015, I feel like. That's what I'm they like, are. <laughs> like, well, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness caused Billy, Billy Corgan's divorce. Oh, really? And I haven't listened in a long time. 56 Nights was like the, the post-divorce record, you know? Um, I, yeah, it goes along with my life. I'll, I'd be personal later. But um, then fucking, uh, but what record I really, really liked, the EP that I liked was fucking the new shit is uh, Dej Los and See That's the Thing. Oh, really? I didn't listen to that. I liked it, dude. She's talented. She's, She's She has, like, interesting melodies, I think. She has she has cool melodies. I like I like her fucking, I like her, her, uh, her ability to maintain femini- femininity whilst being, like, a total badass, you know? Totally. Because you think about like it. Like the Lady of Rage. <laughs> oh, I don't not, think I, I think feminine. the lady of not that feminine. You know, like who the brat not really no, lost her femininity. No, no. Not. I mean, here's the thing: most, but she's not like overly sexualized, like a Foxy Brown or a Little Kim. Not at all. But she's like, she's cute. She's like, she. It's like I, I call it. She's like Hello Kitty with a fucking with a fucking like machine. Gun. I think Azalea Banks kind of does that. Nah, nah, nah. Because Azalea Banks reminds me of a gay man. True. You know? Yeah. Uh Nicki Minaj reminds me of a of a geeky girl, like a the ugly like duckling. A theater girl, yeah. You know, but like this this reminds me, she reminds me of like one of those girls that I mean my homie Kel said it perfectly, like one of those girls that are like you grow up with and she, you know, she has she's just bad and she's cute, but she just has hands. Like she'll <laughs> she'll fight a dude, you know? And uh like boss. Do you remember the nineties rapper Boss? I remember Boss. <laughs> I, I had her I played her record often. But um but no, nah, she has a gang of like super like, you know, like motivational ass like, you know, uh fucking like desire records or fucking winning records and like, you know, all these all these uh or backup. It's like sounds like like some fucking like tribal fucking like uh tribal fucking war song, yeah. you know? You're a jungle pussy. Uh she's tight. She's like a New York rapper. 
I gotta listen to her, but I haven't heard. She's her dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. she's kind of influenced by Cam, like a little bit, like very colorful rapper, like kind of interesting, like words, and just like very confident, but like very, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like uses sex, but like not in a way where it's like cartoonish. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I feel like a lot of the, like the the female rappers often use sex, and like Little Kim, like used it in a cartoon, which was cool. Like I like Little Kim a lot. But the but, name Jungle Pussy just screams, "I want attention," doesn't it? I did not like the name. No. It just screams, I want attention. How can you be on, like, like it'll be interesting if she, like, she gets on, like, she's, she's pretty popular now, but, like, how do you get on Colbert or something? <laughs> or, like, how do you get on the... Well, t- that, that, that's what'll get you there. The I don't give a fuckingness about the name. And then Colbert, could you imagine Colbert just wanting to say the yeah. name? Jungle Pussy. Like, can you say the name Jungle Pussy on the air? I don't think you can. I mean, the pussy's connotation is vagina, but, like, it's really <laughs> cat, right? That's true. Right? I mean, cats do live in the jungle. You can say pussy cat. You know, so you, on true. TV, so you might you might be able to get away with saying jungle pussy. <laughs> what else are you listen to this year? Was that the main three? Shit. Uh, oh, I think I'm looking forward to like Rick Ross's new new record. I'm looking forward to that shit. Yeah, I got invited to a listening party tonight. Actually. Oh my god, I'm going go? with you. you. I'm go? shooting a fucking music video though. All right, well, and, but what time does it start? It's seven. Oh yeah, I'm going. <laughs> all right. I'm all right. going because I, I don't start until fucking eleven. You starting at eleven? Where are you shooting it? Uh, at this. Thing over in the hood. It's right. nice. If you want to go, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh. Uh, you fucking prompted me to fucking talk about this. I don't know if I should though. About Hellfire shit. Well. Should I? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can. Okay. I just want to your label. Yeah. I just want to fucking read this shit. I sent this as a text to the homie. Um, so like, one of the uh, like one of the artists that was signed to the label, he he put he said, uh, "My crew is called blank. My label is called blank. Hellfire Club died. Thank you." And I was like, "Damn, that shit is, you know, that shit is it's kind of funny to say that." And this is right after me uh, splitting with like Low in Theory too. So it makes me think, it makes me, you know, it makes me, when it rains, it pours, definitely, you know? And I think when people smell blood, you know, they, like, it, it, it gets people excited. I, I love it, actually. I love when, it, when it's like this. But so uh, I, I, like, hit, I hit the homie back with this text, and I was like, my reply was, if I wasn't older and more strategic, I'd be at his neck right now. I just feel like everyone is getting pettier while I want something way bigger. And I've and I've really expressed that to to people that I'm working with and whatnot, and uh, you know, but I don't think they can see it. But I've kind of tasted some of it, you know. So I like, I see it and it's real to me. And then uh, then you know then I hit him back, you know. He asked me if I was going to make a diss song, and I was like, "Lols, no." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm really more hurt by everything than offended. Like if I was offended, I'd make a diss song, but I'm hurt." And why then? So this is basically the rant that I. That I, that I wrote to him right after I said I'm hurt. Like, I really wish the best for him, and I'm tactful when I speak about shit in public. It hurts me that, it's, that that's not a mutual thing. To say Hellfire is dead because you aren't waving the flag is saying that my endeavors are dead without you waving that flag. Also to say, also to say it is dealing a blow to it. And if you're trying to deal a blow, then it's probably not dead. And then, you know, I took a pause, because I was driving. Then I was like, bro, I created Label because Lee and Mike were getting no love in my world, and I was only on tour with the beat scene. I, was trying to give, I wasn't trying to give weirdos a flag to wave, 
the shit wasn't birthed out of some ego or want to be boss shit. As long as there are really proficient rappers that are being overlooked because of lack of hype or salesmanship, Hellfire can't die. I'm done venting. And, um, like, if I can, like, dial it back a little bit, because I think the Hellfire shit kind of got a little bit, uh, you know, everybody got caught up in the frenzy of things, but, like, I really started the label with people who I really liked to rap with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and it really wasn't about salesmanship because even th- to this day, like I feel like the the artist that kicked kicked it off other than myself, I didn't release a record on my label until after this, but was Open Mike Eagle. Yeah. And Open Mike Eagle is not like you know, uh, like a, a salesman. He's not not the guy that like you know you that you look to to fucking get you excited about fucking some shit that isn't isn't as exciting as it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he's honest, very honest. And he's a proficient rapper. Like, he's the type of dude, like, if me, Biggie, Rick Ross, Chance the Rapper, fucking, you know, uh, like, fucking Nas, uh, Young Thug, anybody that you think are good rappers, if you put them on a street corner and have somebody beatbox, he's a guy that can shine in it, as well as, yeah. well as I am. And, um, and I, I made signings later that had to do with money or had to do with me being influenced by other people where that wasn't, that that's that's quota wasn't filled yeah. and uh i'll never do that again so if help i think yeah I'm, I'm saying that to say you know like there's a lot of people that are like how mike was where a gang of motherfucking at that time like odd future was blowing up right yeah i, I mean no, i remember you gave me the record what it was mm-hmm. unapologetic at our rap is before you put out a record with him and mm-hmm. you're like you need to listen to this he yeah. was on mush Mush never even sent me a promo. I was, no, at a, I was working for the LA Times at the time. I mean, in, in that world, like guys like Mike who were making like weird shit, or guys like that, I might, other dudes that are maybe more street, that are making more street shit, it kind of wouldn't get into the hands of the people no. who were writing for the weekly, no. who were plugged into the world that I was being plugged well, and in. And it, it's a weird world now to see, like, I mean, it makes me nothing, nothing is more happy than to see, like, you know, it used to be like, you know, I'll see like, like a big website, I'll get a premiere of like a Mike and the Serengeti song, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, <laughs> like it'll be, it'll, it's 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 great. I'm like happy. I'm not like salty about it. But but it's fine. I mean, we still because they're still they'll still give us yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it's just wild to think of a world in which like you are competing with those people. Because I remember the days mm-hmm. where everyone would be like, oh, I don't fuck with that. Yeah, yeah no yeah. one was fucking with that. Yeah, and you know, or even like a dude like Anderson, like his talent. You know, he wasn't Anderson Pack's not a fucking salesman. I'm I'm the first dude to put Anderson in ink and to put a record out through yeah. a label with him. You know, the next person is Dr. Dre. You know, yeah. So like this, sh- and it happened immediately after. So like the shit that the shit that I that I can put my stamp on and that I can vouch for are people who are really proficient musicians or proficient at that craft. Yeah. And not snake oil yeah, salesmen. I remember, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I remember that like what cover art with the Anderson thing like no, no one wanted to write about that shit. No. You sent that to me and I was like, yeah, this is very good. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. forget the fact that we're doing this. Like if you send me something that I was like I can't. Yeah. But like you never really I mean like I feel but like But I wouldn't. I no, wouldn't because wouldn't. I'm I'm like low key, I'm more of a I'm more of a snob than you are. Yeah. Even though you're the critic, I'm like, I I need to feel chills up my spine. I want when somebody sings, like I want to be like, oh, like are are those notes being hit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm I'm not like, is this person handsome? Does he have a hundred fans? It's kind of like the no ID shit you're totally. talking about. Yeah. Is this shit good? Did he ruin this cover or did he do do uh, make the cover better? Well, you want yeah. Anderson can like like I was saying about Mike Anderson. Not only can he outwrap most most of the not only can he outrap the nigga who fucking made that tweet, 
he might be able to outrap me or Mike at any point in time because yeah. his sense, his fucking senses of of rhythm, yeah. is fucking impeccable. It's interesting you said that because I just did an interview uh, a couple months ago with uh, this guy uh, Herb Alpert. You know mm-hmm. Herb Alpert is like Tijuana Brass. Like he yeah. ran A and M Records. Like he signed like. <laughs> Everyone from like the Sex Pistols to like the Carpenters, like mm-hmm. a bunch of like random. Although he did lose the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. he didn't like them. But um, <laughs> he's like these guys are assholes. But uh, he told he got he told me a tip that he got from Sam Cooke, mm-hmm. and that's like he would get really caught up at first, you know, in the sixties, and like he'd look at the artists and like watch them sing. And Sam Cooke was like, "You got to turn your back and not look at them or have them out of the room," because yeah. he's like, "You get influenced by like them being in the room because of the salesmanship." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You got to just listen to like," and he's like, "Like," and he's like, "Not like, guided him for that because ultimately at the end of the day, like." Even though, like, the, we do live in a world like governed by marketing and branding and everything, like, you still well, are alone with the, the music. Leave that to the motherfuckers that do the marketing. You're still alone with the music, dude. Here's the thing: crack doesn't have to market itself. Crack doesn't have to fucking think of clever ways to do it. It just makes a it's a potent product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I I think that if you if you look at it that way, like, you don't have to fucking like you know make fucking rants and you don't have to fucking do clever do a gang of clever shit to push the shit. Yeah. It just somebody'll get it and they'll smoke it with a friend and then it'll spread like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And time and time again, the crack method of marketing that I have used with Hellfire <laughs> has fucking worked What's and it? shall work. I feel like it's just like ultimately like it's funny. Like we were talking about the other day, but it's like uh at the end of the day it's like if lineup shift but like this some things are immutable and it's like if you can you can spot talent. Like, it's like Anderson. It's like, he's clearly like, if you could know, like, you're like Anderson. But, like, that goes to say that there were a lot of, like, Anderson's music was getting passed him in major labels. Like, people were, like, being like, no, nah, I don't see it. And then Dre, you know what I mean? You saw it. Then Dre sees it. And Dre's like, oh, clearly this is amazing. But it takes somebody to kind of see it. Yeah, but Not see, everyone peop- sees it immediately. All those people that are in those situations, they're a lot of A&Rs and what, whatnot. They're people that work in... There are people that work in those offices and they don't make music and they wish they kind of did, or maybe not. I'm not sure, but it's like, like, like I like I'd imagine like you know, like I wouldn't trust anybody to sell me a car. Like yeah. if you sell me a fucking truck, do you take this truck out? Like do what you, do you, do you own a truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I can I can literally sit and like pick apart what somebody's doing and be like, wow, I know. A uh, hundred people that can't do that, and that's why you're special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's what makes it. But where where a, a salesman will take something that anybody can do, like you know the fucking this what they teach you in school, selling widgets. They'll take something that anybody can do, yeah. and they'll be like, "I'm gonna sell spoon plastic spoons." But the difference with my sp- spoons are they're gonna be in a blue p- p- plastic wrapping, and they come from this place, and the weight on them, and it's a, you say a bunch of yeah. shit, yeah, and it for some all that shit just kind of like gets into a person's brain and makes them want yeah. this thing more, yeah, you know that's capitalism, <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's what it's like because uh, it's like it's it's like there always has to be a new spoon. Yeah, you can't just sell the same spoon. Yeah. But like sometimes the original spoon is better. It's like I get I get I get upset sometimes like when I go to like the market or something. Yeah, and like they like discontinue like a product that I really liked or something like like food. Yeah, you know, like, and you're like, 
why did you have to do that? That food was working. But you know, someone at the company is like, nah, we got to keep it fresh. And you're like, I don't know. Like, yeah. In and Out. No. Like, we talked about that. Like, in and Out was perfect. In and Out, like, just didn't like, they're like, it's fine. Like, Coca Cola can. Don't yeah. fuck with it. You don't, don't fuck with it. Sometimes you get it good. I saw, dude, the bacon habanero ranch burger at McDonald's. I'm mad. So now I got to order something similar to it at bacon and then get the motherfucking habanero ranch sauce, which is going in low supply because that shit is run, running out. Was the bacon habanero that good? The bacon habanero ranch burger. Do you like, do you like ranch? Yeah. You like bacon? Yeah. You like habanero pepper? I don't know about that, but I assume I would, judging from the previous two things. <laughs> you put those three together, you can't fail. <laughs> you got yourself a stew. Um, yeah, yeah, Well, yeah, no, this year, for me, I don't know, this year for me was like a lot of thug, like Slime Season 1, 2, and mm-hmm. then uh, Barter 6, but I like Slime Season 1 and 2, because he's just, ra- like, I mean, he is really, like, rapping, like, mm-hmm. on, like, a technical, like, which, which is always blows my mind, because I don't understand how people don't hear his music, and you're not like, oh, this is a very technical rapper. Like, he's rapping, to me, like, with the same, like, pyrotechnics that, like, a Kendrick would have. He's just not being, like, over the top, where he's like, I'm an Eminem flow. Like, he's kind of, like, lets the beat breathe. He kind of, like, goes, he's unpredictable. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I think I like about it. He's like, more tasteful and more freestyle. You know, that... Yeah, every everybody everybody equates Eminem with new Eminem, but old Eminem was playful. And he like, was playful as fuck. Yeah, he would and know? he would like let the beat. He would let beats, but he wouldn't just Hi try kids, to like. Yeah, do you like Primus? Yeah, you know. And now he's just like, and he's like, he like he's like, how can I like hit eight yeah. points in two bars? And you're yeah. like, you don't need to rhyme ten times in ten seconds. More is more. Yeah, but like the, the thug shit, like motherfuckers really. I don't know, man. I just I I think people people hate change. You know, I, not to say that Thug is Thug is perfect. I think Thug and Rich Homie Quan together, they're oh, really that they, Rich Gang thing is magical. They're really good because I think Rich Homie Quan is like more conceptual and fucking like more linear. So he's the one that's going to be like, I'm going to make sure this song gets played on the radio for a long totally. time. Yeah. But Thug is like he's the he's the fucking he's the wave on it to where when you listen to this shit. This is the reason why I got into it in the first place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I listen to Future a lot. His The Darkness of 56. I like that album. I, I still like listen. Dirty Sprite too. It kind of mm. came in a time in my life <laughs> where it felt like I was like, like. I think 56 Nights is crazy. As well. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely like, uh, if not sympathize, then empathize with the plight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Vince Staples, mm-hmm. Summertime 06 was yeah. one of my favorite because that was a. Uh, just like a, that's like a very like quietly radical record in a way. Like the shit, he, it kind of reminds me of like like a rap kind of grunge album where he's like rhyming over like seagull noises and like weird minimal beats, but he's like rapping about like very brutal things and like he's from Long Beach, right? They yeah. got a lot of seagulls out there. A lot of seagulls. Yeah, that's the other thing too. And then uh, what else did I like this year? Mother like favorite records were Kamasi Washington's record. Do you hear that record? The Kamasi the, the Kamasi Washington record. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Well, I, I mean, I'm gonna be totally honest. I didn't listen to you didn't listen to it. Shit. I like I listened to more jazz, and uh, I need to listen to it though. It's it was it was really excellent because it was. I've been fir- listening to like Sergey Rachmaninoff and shit. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I liked Kamasi's record because I felt like it was the first time I'd heard like modern jazz, like where mm-hmm. it was. It was like what like a lot of the stuff is like future cosmic jazz, and I like that too. But like his felt like actually like modern jazz. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say Dame Funk might be my other like mm-hmm. one that I would go with too because like I it was interesting because like. Uh, this writer kind of was in my comment section. I was writing about, uh, and he was like, like, you know, do any of these musicians like 
where are the songs like 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 of the first funk musicians that like people remember? Like, I don't want to sit through. He's like, I don't want to sit through like ninety minutes of like Dame Funk indulgence for eleven minutes of greatness. And I was like, well, I was like, first of all, if you're holding everyone by the standards of Roger Troutman and George Clinton, you're not gonna find anybody right now who's making music like that. Mm. I mean, that, those were like once in a lifetime. And talents. also, those artists were getting signed on major labels, right? So mm-hmm. not only so, yeah. so it was like they probably made demos and things that sounded like what the Dame Funk record is, but then they get on major labels and they get that pressure. Tons, like, yeah. You know, and they get that pressure and that money a lot of and money. the resources. Yeah. I've seen Dame Funk's recording setup. And if he's still working on the recording setup, and it's much like the one that we're working off right now, you know? Yeah. And so, like... He's an underground... And, like, what I like about Dame is he's an underground artist, and he's, like, proud of it. Like, he's, like... It's, like, it's like an aesthetic choice. It's not necessarily, like, a... like. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was interesting, because he... Um, and I was, like, look, like... I was, like, honestly, I, th- I look at Dame more like a prog artist, almost. Like, I was, like, mm-hmm. you're not looking to listen to, a, like, a can record or, like, one of these Krautrock records. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to, like, expect to, for them to, like, have, like, a two-minute pop song or a three-minute pop song. Like, sometimes, like... You're looking for the textures, the feel, the tone, the groove. Like it's like, which is the music that's going to inspire the? I mean, which already has it. I, th- I think like what Dame did inspired YG's last single. You know? Yeah. And indirect, like indirectly, like Dame or directly, Dame is responsible for Funk coming back in a, in a lot. Yeah, of ways. I think yeah, I definitely inspired stuff on Kendrick's records. So these are the artists like Can who inspire the guys who, who the young kids who may not be as virtuosic as that. But understand that if we get this and chop this up and do this in th- that way, I can take that part and turn that into a more pop song, you know? Yeah. And if Tane wanted to do fu- do pop, I'm sure he would do pop. Like, yeah. Like, cause making the decision to do pop is, is, is really, it's all about dialing back. It's like making the decision to do pop is like settling down with one girl after you know, having bitches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like you have to fit into a structure. So it's like very hard. Like you have like a very like regimented structure that you can't diverge from really. Exactly. But if you have bitches, you could do whatever you want. It's more chaotic. You know, you have less money because you have to spend more money on the bitches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Interesting. Teach his own. I've I've learned something. I've learned something in each and every episode of Shots Fired. I mean, I I feel like (laughs) everything goes back to, 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 to how many girls you can, you know, Count in your harem. It's a new era of shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> we now have like 18 female listeners, so you know Dude, they're gonna hate it. I mean, I'm sorry if they hate it. I think we we actually like low key have like 72. 72 that's good. <laughs> yeah, 72. I was uh, a lot of dudes. <laughs> a lot of dudes. Listening you want to hear a podcast. funny story? You want to hear a really funny story? I would love to. That has to do with the word bitch. I'm such an idiot, dude. <laughs> I uh so I saw I, I I was like on a date with this girl and I took her to like uh this show that my homegirls were playing at and then Silento was there you know watch me dip watch me oh, nay nay yeah. oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and so we're hanging out after and then you and Silento it was everybody was just outside and then yeah and then Silento started like flirting with my girl and I was like Silento are you talking to my bitch right now <laughs> are, you, are you on my bitch's head get off her head right now. And then he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, I, and then she was like, why'd you call me? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's just that's just slang. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Like, But I was really, really heated that, like, Silento was on her head. And I really, and I, yeah. But So now I'm Silento, never. Silento, Mr. Still Your Girl. But he wasn't, he was getting nowhere. He's like 12. Yeah, you know? really. Who's but, older, him or Ray Sremmerd? Ray Sremmerd? I'm sure Ray Sremmerd is older. Those guys are like 42. Those, <laughs> those guys are Benjamin Button, like, right now. <laughs> 
Like right now, they're like eighty. Mike Will is like cultivating like embryos from a weird reverse aging clinic in East Atlanta. Yeah, he's just trying to outdo Jermaine Dupree. Is all he's doing, I, which yeah. he's done. I listened to Jump the other day on the radio. It still bangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also a fake G Funk beat. Atlanta always like they like they like I don't know. It's interesting. I talk about regional rap. Everyone's like I'm like motherfuckers have always been stealing from other regions. Everyone steals from every other region. Well, I think Jermaine Dupree was just a pop dude, so yeah, that's what that's what pop is. Yeah, but I think like what Atlanta was on because t- I mean it happened in the Saul Williams episode where Saul Williams was like, dude, there's always just this booty bass, and everybody that was from school from the New York or West Coast would be like, what is this Atlanta shit happening right now? I think they refined that shit now, and and they made it. I mean. It's nothing more fun to dance to than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you can't not draw the line between, like, future. I mean, like, and, like, all that stuff. I mean, like, Dungeon Family, they were influenced by that. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could not be, I don't think, in Atlanta. Yeah, dude, my, one of my favorite uh, <laughs> future lines was, they peeking out the window like Cujo. Like, that's on oh, yeah, that's 56, 56 Nights. Well, that, that was an obvious nod. To to that. Well, that's the other thing that I think. But he was Dungeon Family. Like mm-hmm. he, you know what I mean. Rico Wade is his cousin. Like they brought him in. Like he watched Stanko and you get recorded. Like and it's like people want to talk. I'm like, oh, like you think he's so stupid? Like he didn't pick up like everything from Goody Mob. Like everything from Outcast. Like is like, of course he's gonna watch that. Like everyone, you know what I mean? Like can you imagine like the knowledge and like like if he was, if he was stupid, then he wouldn't be as success as successful as he is. No, well, he <laughs> wouldn't. And, and, well, maybe he would have got successful in the first place. He certainly wouldn't have came back. You can't be. You have to be smart to kind of come back and like. He wouldn't have got like, successful in the first place. That's the thing. Yeah, like, it's very rare when I meet somebody who's very famous and not smart. Yeah, fucking. Uh, what is that shit, dude? Like, you know, intelligence is a fucking organism's uh, ability to thrive in its environment. That's you know. So whatever, if you think Except because Salento. <laughs> But even that, uh, that dude fucking can dance his ass off. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like he's dancing, like, he doesn't need no backup dancers and shit like that. Like, my mom's a fucking ballet dancer, so when I see shit like that, you know, I kind of... But actually, one thing Salento said while he was performing, he was like, you think this is the only song I got, but I got more. And he's one of those dudes that has a complex of, oh, I'm going to be a one-hit wonder because it's a whip song, and then immediately de- deviates from that. And I'm like, hey, Salento, yeah. like, you're like a dancing-ass dude. Like you double should, down. Like yeah, double the fuck down. Yeah. Like don't don't deviate right now. Yeah, you know and it's true th- how like that people like make it for one thing. It's like OG Mako. It's like you might have touched on something. It's mm. like you might want to try to make another. You guessed it. Like go even harder. In yeah, because I mean, imagine if motherfucking like you know NWA was like, but dude, this gangster thing, man. Oh my god, it's not what I only want to be known for. Dre's like, man, I used to wear sequins and shit. Like, I can, dude. You I'm know what a, Dre wanted to do? And Easy's like, nope, we're going harder next time. <laughs> you know, because Easy's like, a fucking practical ass gangster, and Easy's like, no, this is what wins, bro. It's all about you have this product and it's crack. It's all about getting that GTA. It's all about getting that <laughs> GTA and, and do it and do it hard. Like, yeah. yeah. All right, well, fuck it. All Shots right, fired. So this is track star. Shots fired. Bow. What's check, good, man? Check, check. All right, yeah. We're about to start. Uh, yeah, James is not here yet, but he will be here, <laughs> supposedly when the traffic gods relent. Check, check. Who knows where he's at? We're sitting with my friend DJ Trackstar, Gabe. What's good, Shots Fired? What's good? What, uh, you just got back from Coachella. How was that? You're, you're DJing for Run the Jewels, obviously. Yep. Um, Who is a rap group? Yep, I'm the DJ for the best rap group in the world. It's pretty cool. Uh, Coachella was amazing. I'd never been there before. Um, it pretty much lived up to everything I knew about Coachella. So uh, you were not wearing a Native American headband? 
Not not this, you know, we're doing the two weekends. So the first weekend I decided to feel it out and see how I felt about the headband. Invest um, in buckskin. Yeah. It's I'm, a very valuable. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards headband, but no headband <laughs> is also on the table. We'll see. Yeah. Just um, go with the Tupac bandana for week two. Right. Yeah. Well, it's amazing the amount of bandanas people wear over their faces for the the dust. Yeah. Out there. How, but, yeah. How was, uh, was it, we must, I mean, you've been playing now for the last <laughs> like two, two, three, what, two years now, right? Um, Ezra and the Jewels. And you were with Mike up. for a, yeah. I mean, I've been with Mike for f- five years now, four years, yeah. four or five years. Um, we've been touring heavy for three and a half. Has it got to the point where you're a little like, or it's it'll kind of blow your mind still every time you see a crowd? Because I mean, obviously the crowds have been playing to exponentially increasing sizes over the last year, year and a half. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because like while it's happening, I'm kind of used to it. Like, I notice it and I marvel at it a little bit but it doesn't feel as crazy as it would have felt years ago. Yeah. But still, when I look at the pictures or like watch video, it's like, nah, there wasn't that many people. That's, that's not reasonable. Yeah. It was that's packed. Real. It was really packed at Coachella. Yeah. It's like yeah. standing right next to Diplo. <laughs> <laughs> and like, wasn't Kylie, like a Jenner was there, right? Yeah. I read that. I read, <laughs> I read, I read about the Jenner. The Yeah. How great. Yeah. That's uh, that's it's random. Um, fortunately, I don't know the difference between any of the Jenners. It's a Jenner. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a Jenner and a Kardashian. Um, so I guess might as well just start talking about, well, we'll talk about your past before that, but how did you, you know, I know the story, but you might as well tell everyone. How did, so how did you first link up with Mike? It was like at a South by Southwest, right? Um, well, the first contact was... So the mixtape, right? Uh, even before that. He, well, yeah, basically the mixtape. But he, um, he was my favorite rapper around the time that Pledge One came out, and That's Life specifically. Uh, really just got me excited about the killer Mike situation. And he did an interview where he put his phone number in the interview at the end of the, uh, at the end of the interview. And I assumed it'd be some sort of, uh, you know, like who is Mike Jones hotline? Yeah. Like answering machine, leave your voice, you know, leave your email address and we'll keep you updated type thing. But he picked up the phone and I didn't have any type of plan or uh, (laughs) reason to be calling my favorite rapper at two o'clock on a Tuesday or whatever in my apartment in St. Louis. So, uh, you know, I just told him, you know, that I was playing his records, you know, DJing out in St. Louis and uh, mixtapes always been my thing. So I said, you know, let's do a mixtape. I want to do Best to Killer Mike. Have you host it? Long story short, we did that. Um, started so you just like randomly were like talking to him on the phone and you're like, uh, mixtape, let's do a mixtape. Yeah. I mean, you know, mixtapes is like my, you know, that's yeah. been my focus. So, so that was. Had you thought about doing it though before you called him or you just kind of just were like, yeah, that'd be a good idea? Not at all. It was, yeah. I had to manufacture a reason for <laughs> having called this man for. <laughs> For sheer curiosity, probably stoned in the middle of the afternoon in my apartment. Yeah. Um, it's very often when the best ideas arise. Right. So we, uh, you know, we started doing shows here and there when we were in the same city. And then one year at South by, um, he needed a DJ. I was available. We did four shows in one day. And at the end of it, you know, he kind of, uh, announced to the crowd that I had the job, which was exciting. Cause I had no idea that was coming. And <laughs> what did he say? He just- didn't really know I was up for the job or <laughs> I was just having fun DJing for my favorite rapper. You know, I didn't care. I was just a fan. I was just excited. Um, but yeah, at the end of the show, he just said, you know, this is my new tour DJ track star. And I was like, shit, he knows my name. That's awesome. <laughs> was um, this before you moved? This is before you moved to LA, right? Or you were still in St. This, Louis? Uh, most of that happened in St. Louis and then San Diego. The, the South by where I became his DJ was when I was living in LA. So a few months after that, um, I think I, I was at that South by. Yeah, I think I remember. I think I remember somehow 
us getting weed at some point. Yeah, I believe so at, yeah. at, uh, at Peckerheads, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's always, that was, it was very difficult to get weed at South by Southwest <laughs> for a period. That was always like a real uh, endeavor. Um, but yeah, so I ended up moving to Atlanta and, uh, you know, I just had great timing. I got with Mike uh, right before he began his second ascent. Kind of, um, well, kind of like almost a third in a way, if you think about it. I mean, because yeah, you, the the, you have the outcast whole world Grammy nomination, Purple Ribbon, and that the pledge, you know, I pledge allegiance to the grind kind of has like a, you know, and then I think he put out that one album that wasn't as well received. It's somewhere in the middle. And then uh, obviously rap music kind of. Yeah. Like I, our first tour was touring on Pledge 3. Uh-huh. Like the first tour we did, the first thing that happened when I got in the van to drive to the first show. Uh-huh was they pressed play on rap music. They didn't even explain what it was. They just pressed play on rap music, yeah. which I didn't even know was finished at the time. Yeah. Um, well, so. I mean, I always thought that it made so much I mean, it's like one of those arrangements that like makes no sense if you don't really know either Mike or LP, kind of what they are about and kind of, how, but mu- music philosophy or whatever. But I mean, when you actually know, you know, they're, they're both kind of like descended from, I mean, like, I, I mean, obviously Killer Mike, Ice Cube's like huge influence and right. Bomb Squad produced America's Most Wanted and then LP is basically the closest thing you'll find to a modern day one man bomb squad. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it ended up making a lot more sense than a lot of people uh, thought it would. I mean, including Ellen Mike. I mean, I, you know, I don't think either of them met each other. I mean, I think they met each other and liked each other and liked the music they made together, but I don't think they were like, oh, well, this is definitely going to make us famous. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's just weird when you think you're like, oh, I like Jason. I mean, Jason DeMarco, obviously, from Adult Swim, Williams, William Street, just kind of put them together. But you don't think like, oh, Jason yeah, like some man. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, you don't you don't expect like that many, like some random kind of pairing to turn into, you know, like right. more of the time it's like, you know, when Corrupt and Quick made an album and that was a really good, cool album, but it's not like Corrupt and Quick became superstars again right right. yeah i mean you know so much about this run the jewels thing is just so unlikely and so like one in a million it's just super charmed you know it's just it's amazing and it's because it's real and it's based on you know the realities of these two dudes you know there's nothing forced about it there's nothing forced about their relationship or you know their public persona or their music it's Um, also really good too and like they have a certain like energy when they're together which is just sort of like I mean, it's, it's, I mean, to get like, I mean, I was at the Coachella show and it was like 16 year old kids like moshing in the front row of like all races and just going insane. And when was the last time like a 40, you know, 40 year old rappers were getting 16 year old kids to go that nuts who weren't doing like a two chains kind of gimmick thing or a juicy J kind of thing where you're like, I'm acting young. Totally. Like (laughs) does the average juicy J fan know that juicy J is like 40 years old? Right. Probably not. No, I think he's like 29. Yeah. And uh, I mean, especially too, like, I mean, obviously you have like scratch solos. I can't remember the last time that I've seen a rap group that was had people going nuts for a scratch solo. Yeah, it's it's so that, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that it's amazing that it's working. It's amazing. It's being received the way it is. And, you know, I know that like they've talked about it in interviews where they're like, we had a moment where we realized like these are not LP fans and these are not Killer Mike fans. Like <clears throat> when did you realize that? Like when it was like, oh, wow, these are like Run the Jewels fans. I mean, pretty early in the Run the Jewels tour, we just realized that it was skewing a lot younger. We had done the Killer Mike and LP tour the year before. And, you know, those fans were all me. They were all 33-year-old white guys, yeah. you know, 30, you know, early 30s white guys. Yeah. Um, not all by any means, but 
It's not a demographic as, you're going to like make your, you're not going to like get rich off of that well, demographic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, you know, that's not a blow up demographic. That's a, that's a solid, you can make it work forever demographic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that was the, you know, not the majority, but that was the predominant demographic at our shows for a while. And then, uh, it just started being everybody, you know, have you got to talk to a lot of the, like the kids that are like going up to the shows and like have figured out like what it is about it that like makes them so go crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I end up talking to a lot of people, um, after the shows and it's, you know, it's just amazing. The, I mean, they can just tell the realness of it, you know, and the, the, the rebelliousness of it, but really it's just these two dudes, Mike and L who, you can tell that they mean what they say and they say what they mean and they stand for something and they're passionate and you know, the, the energy is real and positive and, um, fun and funny. And you know, it's just, it, it comes out. What, what was it about Mike's music that made him your favorite rapper before you knew him? Um, I mean, that's life. You know, I just, I just love the approach that he took. Um, and I mean, really it was the passion, you know, I mean, I like political Mike. I mean, I like all the all the. What's your favorite of his songs? My favorite Killer Mike song. Yeah. Um, I mean, I might still I might still say that's life, just off uh-huh. you know nost- nostalgic value. Um, although, I mean, Untitled. I don't know. I mean, there's you know. I was like God in the building. God in the building probably should have been my first answer. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Yeah. Um. um yeah i mean i it's just yeah it's i mean it's 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 interesting how it's become like the narration of the two you know it's like the unlikely but it is like legitimately and i feel like i've talked to a lot of musicians that are like in their 30s and like they don't expect necessarily to like you know what i mean like i think a lot of people get like dejected they're like oh it's kind of over and like i mean it's crazy to me because i remember we put on were you there at like i did i, I think i presented the um a killer mike show and then I think you might, I think you were DJing for him and like it was open. Mike Eagle was playing a bus driver. We, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. we had like 150 people there. It was like a respectable show, but it wasn't like, you know, and right. like two years later at the region theater, it's completely sold out. Right. And that was the most crowded I've seen the region theater. It's a new theater downtown. And you know, the LA times writer, Randall Roberts, like a friend of mine is like basically writing, like, if you miss this, you're an idiot, you know, for the Coachella <laughs> preview. I mean, it's pretty I think No can do is about to come in. He's wandering around aimlessly out there. Shouts out to Randall Roberts. He's a St. Louis guy. He is a St. Louis guy. Yeah, let's talk about St. Louis because that obviously is a big part of your identity. I know you're from Madison, but you moved to St. Louis for college. Shout Indeed. out to Skinny Friedman, who will inevitably be listening to this. What up, Skinny? Yeah. How do we, what, so what was St. Louis like when you, you got there? It was at the height of uh, Nellyville. What's going on? What up, James? James oh, is in here. I, I was always here. <laughs> you were always here the whole time. <laughs> Unusually silent. James is wearing a Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles shirt and just beneath it, it says you haters. Uh, Blind to you haters. Tight. Is this mic on? Ha ha ha. Yeah. We're talking about St. Louis. Louis? What you know about St. Louis? Have you ever played in St. Louis? Um, You're a big Murphy Lee fan. I I think everybody's like, who wanted something like Nelly but not really like my man got to be Kareem's in the building as well. St. Yeah. St. Louis representative out here in Cali. Um, can you, are you, you good? I don't know. I got to hear it. Check it out. Okay. Talk amongst yourself or listeners. 
I'm sorry. This can be edited out. Look, <laughs> yeah, everything can be edited out. Yeah. Um, Let's fill me in, guys. It's so gonna we're be talking a short. St. Louis, right now. We're talking about yeah, because Gabe went to school in St. Louis and uh, you know has mm. put out a lot of mixtapes with uh, St. Louis rappers, including Kareem, Wafik, <laughs> yeah, including Tef- Kareem, Tefpo. a bunch of them. This has got to be Kareem right here. Got to be Kareem. Yeah. How do you spell "got to be Kareem"? Okay, that's tight. Gotta be cream. That's tight. Is it's, that like a play on like cream too? Like cash rules, everything around me cream? Yeah. It's got, hey, it's, it's D styles in here. Dude, we have so many DJs <laughs> in this building right like, now. L- yeah, like literally the greatest DJs in the world are like sitting outside. Like, Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. <laughs> Stop me if I already asked you this. If Jeff already asked you this, how does it feel being on the, I, th- I think being in the biggest r- rap group? In it's, the world right now. It's pretty, it's pretty unreasonable. Yeah, rap, I, I guess of rap groups, I would say, who is the other biggest rap group right yeah, now? Right well, now. Me, you and Migos. And, and yeah, yeah Migos, for sure. Good, you know what? I've been having conversations trying to come up with even just another rap group because yeah. there's not that many on, like, you know, on a, on a, on a major scale. It's hard, it's hard to call. be friends with rappers. Run think, the Jewels <laughs> versus Migos. I think Migos is our, is our nearest rival. Hey, low-key, if there was a Migos Run the Jewels tour, oh, my God. All right, that would be the illest I'm shit down. ever. I'm down for that. Migos and Run the Jewels. And what else? Who, who's, who's another rap group? I mean, Clips broke up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, who are other good rap? I mean. That are, that are currently releasing. I, mean, I just want Vince, Sta- I want Vince Staples and Earl to just just just. Form a rap group. That nah, would, they like they like Ken and Ryu, or they like fucking. Nah, they'd be like they'd be like Meth and Red. No, nah, uh, what they are, they're like you know the game Double Dragon. You know oh, how like do in, I ever in Double Dragon One you couldn't play like two player with both of them, or yeah. in Mario One you right. couldn't play two player with both of them. That's basically what it is. You know, one day when they fucking you know develop the system, they might do something together. Right. Yeah. yeah I yeah. listen to Vince all morning. Really? He's great. Around. Oh, he's yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I saw them, him and Earl, and uh, the Earl was an Earl show, and then Vince came out, and then Tyler and Earl did stuff, which is cool, because it was like, oh, they're still friends. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still friends after all. Yeah, so, we, we got a couple It's like mom and, mom and dad dancing together after the divorce. Though. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, we still love each other, kids. Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I still, I still flirt with her. Your mom still got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I interviewed Tyler at his house, his mom lives with him, and uh, his sister... And his mom was like, I always on, knew Tyler was Asian. His mom uh, was on the couch and we're like, Tyler, tell your fucking friends. <laughs> like, it's not stealing my Gatorade. <laughs> he's like, amazing. Mom, shut the fuck up. Oh, no. <laughs> Just like, oh, no. It was like everything you'd expect. Yeah. And then you interview Tyler and he's like, I'm paying for my sister's private school. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> I know. I was saying, girl, I ran into him at Coachella and he just goes, he's a faggot. <laughs> I was like, Tyler cares. That's amazing. Yeah, every yeah. time he That's- sees me. I'm like, that's like such a term of endearment from Tyler. Yeah, no, nah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know how to say, like, how's it going? How's your day? Yeah. No, like, he does. And then he does. How's life? Like, he'll be like, how are you doing? He's yeah, yeah, very yeah. polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just like, just like he is Asian, after all. <laughs> a little bit, a little Making bit. Making horrible stereotypes. I apologize This is for. really fucked up. I apologize up. for it. It's a nice one. Whatever. But talk to me more about the touring and the world. I see, I follow you on Instagram and I just see, like, I see beaches and I see like sharks. I saw a shark one time, I think, or a wild sea animal. Um, wasn't a shark. <laughs> it was a manatee. What was it though? It was in Australia or something. I did go scuba diving in Australia. Yeah. Maybe it was just me. Okay. Was it me in the water? Just wild. You like, thought I was a shark, maybe. Dude, I swear to God, I thought you were a wild, dangerous sea animal. I was dangerous, just uh, just domesticated dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nah, man. I mean, it's you know, it's amazing. I don't know what to say. It's uh, 
cooler than anything I would have imagined. You need doing. like a stock answer. <laughs> you need like a good stock answer yeah. where it's like this crazy, you know, fantastical. Yeah. You're like, it's like sorting <laughs> meth while skiing down the Matterhorn. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Maybe by that's, the end of the show, that. you I can, can have I can that. I come up with one. Yeah, and then text it to us, and then we'll have like the voice. Yeah, have <laughs> just have some random dude say it in the middle of the interview. Yeah, we'll act like it was me. Yeah, definitely. What is it like? Uh, I like the 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 criminal uh, mastermind mentality of like of Ellen and Mike. Like they would definitely like if they were bank robbers, they'd be pretty incredible bank robbers. It'd be oh, a good absolutely. movie. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I I need them to do a buddy cop movie, and a buddy bad guy movie. Yeah. 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 Like, because there's like, like another, there's like another 48 hours. There's like a regular first 48 hours kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, what's a buddy bad guy movie that you can give me as a reference? Because I don't know. Home Alone. Home uh, Alone. Oh, yeah. But see, I want the bad I, guys to win. They definitely have a Pulp Fiction, Jules, and uh, Vincent kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they got the line on there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're but, the but wolf. I, but I think, I think, L- LP, I'll be the wolf. I think LP is definitely like Sam Jackson in that shit because he's like way more <laughs> verbose. <laughs> and, you know, like I feel but like Mike is like endearing, like he want to like, you know, feel for his feel for what he's going through, you know. But like LP just says like some really funny things and really some smart ass things, just like Sam Jackson. What's crazy about Mike, though, is he has the most photographic memory I've ever seen. I'm sure you've seen that on he, the road a million times. He uh, it's amazing for someone who smokes as much weed as he does. Because yeah. I smoke a lot of weed, and he smokes a shitload more weed than I do. More th- more weed than you. Way more weed. How than much me. is a lot of weed? Um, on average, how much consumption in a week? I mean, you know, it depends on where we are. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going through Colorado that week, it's going to be heavier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so let's <laughs> say the, let's say it's let's say it's let's say it's the East Coast, Northeast. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you know, if we're in town for a for. A, you know, 36 hour do a show thing. You know, maybe we'll go through a quarter, sometimes a half. A co- wow, that's tight. That's a reason. That's a reasonable amount. Yeah, I mean, it's not insane. It's, it's not like, quarter ounce, a quarter pound. Ounce. Ounce, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go through three pounds. Yeah. Um, Let's just hold But yeah, down. no, his, his, his memory and his knowledge of, like, you can't stump him. You can't start a conversation that he can't end. Really? Like, he knows something about everything. And, yeah. I, and I don't argue with him as a rule because you never know what he knows that you don't know. Yeah. That you don't know he knows. And then even though then, because you you know that he knows almost everything, he could be bluffing too. So you just, yep. get, yeah, that's crazy. What are some of like the most memorable, the your most memorable times like on, on this, in this recent year? Like, um, oh man. I mean, Madison Square Garden was pretty cool. Yeah, what was that like? Did you get to meet Jack White? Yep, Jack came back. Uh, we took a photograph with Jack and Zach De La Roca and Boots and all of us. That's which crazy. Was pretty sweet. What was he like? He was really nice. He's tall, taller than I thought. Yeah, he is tall. He's like what, 60, 63? Um, yeah. Um, and he brought out Q-tip. What? For his show. What? Cool. That's my, tight. My he, wife, my wife got a photo with Q-tip that ruled. He That's shouted tight. out actually. He shouted out Run the Jewels, Tyler, FK, Twigs, and I feel who was the there was yeah, one somebody else. One Alt other J per- maybe? No, no, it was it was like it was like impeccable taste. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like spread across the gamut. It was like I just like that he shouted out Tyler, Run the Jewels, and Twigs, who probably are like three of my favorite. You know, Azalea Banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put in, I know, yeah, but um. But even Azalea Banks is very interesting. He didn't shout out Azalea Banks. He didn't. I would have shouted out Azalea Banks, but yeah, yeah, she was good. That's funny. What do you think about Azalea Banks? <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard any rap songs she made that I was a big fan of, but I mean, mm-hmm. she's obviously good. You know, she just doesn't make the rap song 
Yeah, she's a good rapper. She'll just make the rap songs for me. Yeah, you know? but good rapper. But, but that's the thing I feel about her, too, is that, like, song-wise, like, like, you can be a good rapper, but until you learn how to, like, make songs that... Cause you're a DJ, right? Yeah. Like sometimes there's a season where everything's in a certain BPM, right? You know, yes. I mean, and I don't think only- anything she ever did ever fit in the BPM. And like I, I remember while this shit was going on, the whole like Iggy shit that's happening, and you know, she's saying, "Oh, this is why she's whiter. She's got a fat ass, or this and this and that." All these reasons are the reason why, why she gets more spin. But I feel like you're a DJ, so you spin records, and then I'm at low end every week, mm-hmm. and I have never once heard. A fucking song dropped. You know what I'm saying? Nope. And and from what I know from DJ culture, which still no matter what pushes the line, like motherfuckers are thirsty to find shit that just wins over the club. We brought up Vince Staples. You know, like there's I can't go a night at low end without hearing two to three Vince Staples songs. It just so happens to be in in the rhythm right that of the moment that kills the club. You know? Right. So yeah. What are the Vince like? Blue suede. Uh, I don't know, man. Just, I don't give a, I'm, I'm not a DJ. <laughs> I like no that. titles. I'm just usually fucking talking to you. You are a DJ. It's summertime. It's your DJ season. In the summer, it's not summer yet, but you're I, you're getting ready. I'm, I, but even then, dude, like I don't have to know the name of the song. I just have to assign it to a pad on my SP404. What was the stuff that? Uh, <laughs> what you made a lot of? You've obviously made a lot of mixtapes. I love your your organized uh, noise one is is a classic. Thank you. That one is is amazing. Uh, but there's a lot. They, they're always. I keep them on my iPod because they're always. Uh, no ID one is really good. Thank you. How did you get? <laughs> he got. Uh, no, he got Pop. Not Papa Wu. Uh, you got Big Rube. <laughs> <laughs> Big Rube and Papa Wu are like the same people to me. That's amazing. They're like East Coast and Southern version. Big Rube. Big Rube. Big Rube. He Big did. Rube. He did all the spoken word stuff on the early cast and Goody Mob. How does one? Oh, get the a whole- guy from the Future record. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just for the kids. Nice. Nicely done, sir. <laughs> Dude, Future was at just at the studio. Crazy. He was just at the studio that I was working at, but he went there to meet with somebody you would never think. Justin Bieber. No. David Wexler. Strange Loop? Stadio. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tight. Yeah, okay. I would, maybe, maybe uh, <laughs> I would be, love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. DMT I'm, is offered to Future. Future smokes DMT, and then all of a sudden, and then like, he, then he makes Cosmic Grandma Part Two. Yeah, Future basically becomes the greatest artist. I mean, he already kind of is one. Of, I mean, fifty. Have you heard Fifty Six Nights? I've heard a few songs from it. You, it's amazing. You told me to you, listen to it. Yeah. Do you fuck with Future? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wish we could record your face and like have it transmit audio. I mean, he's fine. He's got he's got awesome moments. How do you and, like Drake but not Future? Because I'm a rap fan. Uh-huh. Future. I like it, the rapping. I like the Drake lyrically has has some shit. When he's on top of his game, Drake's amazing. He makes a lot of songs that I don't like. Game, he's I'm still amazing because yeah. he's a fucking good writer. So he knows. Ugh, like, yeah. no, I will leave no. that shit out. Jeff, stop hating. Good hooks. Jeff. Good songwriter, not a good writer. He's a good riff raff is a better writer than Drake. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, riff raff has better lyrics than Drake. I don't. Lyric. I can't even believe. Right, that so you're what are we going to talk about next? Yeah. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even talk to someone who just said that. Yeah. But, Drake is not smart. I'm, he's, he's he's savvy, but like in terms of like, in terms of, he's just not a good writer. Why can't we have a fucking podcast without you Drake bashing? I'm a tight writer. Riff I can tell Raff who's a good writer. Has better lyrics than Drake. Because Riff Raff has colorful lyrics. No, Drake I don't want to discuss it. Drake is just saying say like false again. like profundities. Like, like why are we talking about a relationship on our, why are we wasting a relationship on a relationship? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, All I care about is money in the city that I'm from. The honesty there is really tight. I mean, but you're, you're just taking these like so wait, r- really Riff Raff's lyrics are better than Drake's because Drake's don't make sense. No, I think Drake is not trying to be deep. I think Riff Raff is not trying to be deep. I think Drake is trying to be deep, but is not deep. The ergo, I'd rather have somebody who's just like, this is what I am. 
I'm like an inter- I'm like just a comedian. Like Riff Ruff is basically just like a comedian. You know what I mean? Like there's right, not that why much. Why are we talking about him? Let's talk about rappers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so back to the future thing. I really like. Dude, I really like... You can uh, like everything. I like everything. I don't like everything. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I respect the hell out of Future. It's just it's just not music yeah, that's that fine. is, you know, is up my... I like... Mike always says he looks at Future like a reggae artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Danny at Dance Hall. Or, and I'm yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm with that. And I grew up off of that shit. And I've, I've heard that music. I probably said it on another podcast. I've heard that music out of cars, you know, when the, the windows are up and it's muffled. And like just, you know, Future and what's the other dude's name? Rich Homie Quan. Dudes like that, and then if all you hear is the bass, and you hear a little bit of like the the like the mid of the vocals because mm-hmm. it's trapped in the car, it sounds just like some dancehall shit, you know. And that shit is good. Like rhythmically, is is really good. That shit has no story value on anything. Who are your uh, top ten right now? Top ten. Top Let's ten. Do top I've been having this conversation. No, top ten. Top, I feel no. I feel the top five is going to be static for most people, and then the top five to ten is actually when it gets interesting. So so the top so the top five so the top six. I thought to ours 10. isn't even that different, but. Top. T- yeah. top, top 10 like a new song comes out or no like no i'm talking artists? about like right now like like this second be- we're talking best about songs or artists we're talking about artists okay best or my favorite mike and mike and l will count as one because you know what i mean even okay. though like you know what i mean because it's that way they're an act well, well but if you yeah i mean because they would otherwise they would take up that spots. Act counts as one yeah you know what I'm totally. saying? Right. Versus, that's yeah. one sorry you have nine tens deep and we're talking favorite or best favorite favorite because I mean, all lists are bullshit. You know what I mean? Everyone no semantics, man. Quit trying to dodge the question, Trackstar. You know, it's a different thing. Um. <laughs> and like, we're talking this second. Like, obviously, for me, like, Kendrick would have been my number one last year, but I didn't really care for his album, so he would not probably be in my top 10 right now. Uh, Damn. I really didn't like his album. I, I respect I feel the hell that out way. Of him. I feel that way when I go to the strip club and a bitch is just not like on her game. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to give you any money. <laughs> yeah, like but I mean, you still like that stripper. Though. Last week, yeah, last no, week I, I, I don't. Twitter, I, I, yeah, but what she's doing right now is lazy totally. and sloppy, and she totally. drank too much too early. Kendrick is a great <laughs> Kendrick is a great rapper. No, I just had this argument earlier in the day where we were talking about the best rapper of the two thousands, two thousand tens thus far, and I was like, and Paul was was saying that it was future, and I was like, it's still Kendrick. What the fuck are you talking? Oh, two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand tens, not ever. I was, I was, <laughs> no, the, the last four years. I was just thinking of the two thousand. You could make a case. I would say for Mike in that in that conversation though too. I was thinking about the 2000s, and I was like, I'd give it to like Lil Wayne or somebody. You know? No, the t- of the 2000s, yeah. the whole 2000s. Yeah, it's a respect. I mean, just choice. in terms of just like who made the biggest impact on rap in the 2000s. Probably Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, I would agree with you. Top ten. Top ten uh, today. Oh boy, Mike and L. Who? Mike and L. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick. Uh huh. Schoolboy. Uh huh. I'll put Vince in there. Uh huh. Um. Teff and Rocky. I mean, I, I mean, you can we, be biased. We playing, okay, we can yeah, be biased. Can be we'll biased. Tef Tef and Rocky are rappers yeah. from St. Louis. Well, um, Tef, well Rock, Rocky's in New York now, but he's no Rocky's. Rocky's back in St. Louis. Okay. Um, Tef obviously was very active with the the Ferguson stuff last year and kind yeah. of got a lot of attention for that. Um, we'll put my man, got to be Kareem mm-hmm. in here. He's right over here. He got an album coming out in May. Um, how many? We Count Six. your fingers. Six fingers. I'm holding the fingers up because I, every time somebody counts, I just have to do it. That's just such a tough uh ten such a weird number. It's like it's like so many that if I forget someone I'm gonna feel stupid. Yeah. Sorry, I mean no it's assumed you're gonna to forget. That's a good point. Yeah, it's assumed you're gonna forget somebody. I was um I mean I'll put I'll put action and Earl on there just because I've been I've been Earl? I would put action and Earl. I've been, yeah. I've been banging both their albums pretty pretty thoroughly. Yeah, I think they're yeah. both very good albums. Um Skip Coon, absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah he's dope. 
my dude. Um, one more, one more, one more. Open mic eagle. <laughs> we could put open mic eagle on there. I don't have a problem with that. He's wonderful. So that's wonderful that's fellow. a solid ten. That was very West Coast heavy. Well, I'm on the West Coast right now. Ask me next week when I'm back in Atlanta. Uh huh. Oh shit! I forgot that you you're kind of like a Southern guy, huh? Well, I grew up I'm I grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah did ten yeah. years in St. Louis. Yeah. So that's like Midwest Southern. That's Midwest Southern. Midwest yeah. Southern. And then I had two years out here, and then I've been in Atlanta for three. But the whole time I've been in Atlanta, we've been on tour. So it's like I've only been there like half the time. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, what do you, Since you've traveled around and lived in a bunch of different places, what have you noticed like, uh, like about the, the nuts and bolts of why, they, why their hip-hop scene is their hip-hop scene you know, or their rap music? You wouldn't put Young Thug in the top ten? No, I would not put Young Thug in the top ten. I'll put 10. Young Thug and Kevin Gates in my top ten. I would, I would like to, I just, knew, I would like just to insert my that opinion was, where it's not wanted. That's just so typical, bro. That's so typical. I'm so on brand. That's so typical. Dude. On brand. Hey, low key. Young Thug is like dance hall though. Like if you, you know what I mean? He's like, like Mr. Vegas. Same, same. He's like Mr. <laughs> Vegas. I fuck with that shit. But, but Kevin Gates, I don't get it. I don't, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. It's like if he was in Street Fighter, he'd be like. He's Trap Ghostface. He'd be Zangief. He's Trap Ghostface. It's like, okay, it's like, it's not fun to play with him. You know, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. I agree. I agree with that analogy. And he's, his music is not fun. But he's like kind of like Ghostface music. Ghostface music wasn't really fun either, with the exception of Cherche Legos. That's the only single. Which that, was really fun. Which was really fun. Yeah. But that's the only song I've ever heard anyone play from Ghostface out in public. Yeah. <laughs> like, other than like at a barbecue or something. But even then, like. It's not like, you know, you're not bumping like Are you nutmeg. ready for barbecue, barbecue, barbecue season in fucking Los Angeles? Are you ready? Are you, is, do you have a good. He's not DJ Quig. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. No, he's not. But so, with that said, what are you, the nuts and bolts of like what makes each city special? Because you've, you're like with it, like East Coast dude, you're from the Midwest and you're from two sides of the Midwest. Right. You know? And um, you lived here and you live in Atlanta now. So what can you say about these places? I mean, the main observation that I've had over the last while, and it's, I guess it's not really answering your question because it's not differentiating the cities, is the institutions, like the hip-hop institutions in the cities have been disappearing, and that's one of like my least favorite things that the Internet's done to in, hip-hop. In every yeah. city. In yeah. every city. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I mean, obviously I know St. Louis best. That's where I came up. I spent 10 years there. That's the city that, you know, that's the scene that I love and that I invested, you know, my time and energy in and cared about. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we had the science and the high point and we had all these weekly institutions that, you know, kind of set like a structure and was a meeting place and all these things. And those things go away and, you know, nothing's centralized anymore. So people don't sharpen swords with each other. You know, people don't, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's nowhere to go every week where you're going to s- have competition and get better and get inspired and get humbled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, everyone just builds up their, like their project load in LA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, see, exactly. here's the thing. We have bananas and we have fucking low end theory. Well, then, I feel yeah. like low in theory. It's interesting because low, low start- is one of the great institutions. But that's a beat thing still, yeah. and that's one of those things that, like, you know, like you can't. Oh, you know what? SoundCloud actually made that even more possible. But before, like, when low in theory really started taking off, it was uh, it was no place for people to just play their beats and then get love for that shit. Right. But the internet definitely does. Like, imagine like whorehouses now, dude. The, uh, whorehouses <laughs> are not popping. <laughs> because there's there's escort services that you can call over. Right. There's Craigslist. There's Craigslist. You don't even exactly. think of New Orleans whorehouses are popping? Like in, in you a don't we- think it's like a in, tradi- a, in a weird hipster way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm gonna ironically frequent this. I'm gonna ironically frequent this bordello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you know, but well, um, I was gonna also wanted to ask you. Obviously, you spent a decade in St. Louis, and the, the Ferguson thing obviously the, like went down last year. I mean, w- was that having spent that much time there? Was I assume it probably wasn't that surprising to you, having I'm sure, you know, seen your friends, and obviously Tef was a big, you know, activist regarding it. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not that surprising. You know, I mean, I've paid attention to America. Period. Let alone St. <laughs> Louis, which St. Louis is. Yeah, I've traveled a lot. St. Louis is definitely one of the more openly uh, racist. But it's very places. It's one of the most segregated yeah. places I've cities. Ever yeah, I mean, yeah, more. You know, I guess it's more visibly segregated than racist, but it's definitely still the underlying. It's not. It's not lying that far under. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you ever dress like a non-hip hop white guy to infiltrate the racist white people? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to do that. You just have to be white. Damn. You can dress like a hip hop white guy and still infiltrate. You really. Know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that didn't surprise me, sadly, you know, in, in, in any way. Yeah. Uh, you know, even just using Teff as an example, like, I would always use him as an example because he'd get, uh, you know, pulled to the side, go to jail, et cetera, you know, every once in a while. And this dude didn't break the law at all. I yeah. broke the law so much more than him. <laughs> it's like and a I, fucking you know, Chris Ryan. You know, I was you know, yeah, it's, it, yeah. you know, St. St. Louis is like that, just like America's like that. And, you know, it's, it's St. Louis also it's, plays. It's sad and it's sickening. And you know what the, what the coldest part about it is? Like, are, how old are you? 34. I'm 31. And most people in our generation are on the same shit where it is like, duh. Like, yeah. like, why are you so surprised? Like, I think like, the only thing is that now there's cameras that catch it. That's yeah. the only difference. Which, like, is, which that, is great. And that's. You know, that's, that needs to be, yeah. That's I like, mean, like that's you like wonder the best solution that's readily available right now. We're not going to change the minds and hearts. of. All well, I feel like there's a thing where it's like before like these things came out on video, there was this thing where it's like, oh, well there was slavery and that was a horrible thing. And then there was Jim Crow, which is a horrible thing. And then you're like, well, and then it was fine. And then like, I think a lot of people thought that. And then like, I'm going to say it's a delusional take, but then obviously these things come out. And then I think it like, you can't ignore that. Right. Yeah. You can't, there's no way well, you, you can ignore it though, because like there's people that still are like, you know, there's, ar- you, there, there's arguments, you know, there's yeah. arguments that say, this is the reason or because there's, yeah. or, or oh, he stole two, he stole two Swisher sweets or, or something Or ridiculous. like there's some overlying reason there has to be more cops in this neighborhood because of some other re- because yeah. of the, because of the family structure or some, right. some shit it's like never, that. It's never stated as such. It's never, it's never just but like, it's always what it means. It's just never just like, Hey, like, you know, some, we value black lives less. That no one ever just says like no nah, like there's like you know we kill more all the time just because you know there's some little emotional thing like I, I remember the Darren Wilson thing and I made a fucked up joke about it just because I make jokes about everything that makes me sick you know but uh, the Darren Wilson thing how like he was describing you know how like he got angry and then he looked like like a monster to me and all these weird things that you wouldn't oh, yeah. describe like a human being and I made this joke about like some girl got drunk and attacked me once and I was like dude you know she looked at me. And I felt like she looked like a monster, you know, just right. it's just because she had really fucked up makeup. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, I, I really think like the uh, what, you know, what uh, how people treat treat each other in this country based off of like just what they suppose they feel and what they think yeah. or, or where they come from based on class and race and shit like this, that that conversation has to, has to be had. There's the motherfuckers that are like. White boy, rich white boy, like they fucking jump to the conclusion, like, oh, I'm gonna check your pockets, you know? And there's fucking dudes that fucking imagine, you know, white guys, like, oh, a black kid fucking, you know, watch my pockets. And right. that shit comes from, uh, 
a little bit of a lot of fear, a lot of fear that's put in, you know, because rumors are spread. And sometimes that shit really happens too, though, you know, right, which reinforces it. But that one in one thousand times reinforces the mind yeah. state that thinks that that's what it is. The other nine hundred ninety nine times when Steady it's really on. just Steady the on. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like you know, the it's it's the media and it's it's easy to influence. All the, the millions of white people that don't have to interact with black people. And uh, yeah, all they yeah, yeah. know is what they know from the TV. I wanted to ask yeah, you yeah, about, because yeah. I think obviously a lot of people saw the video. Because you guys played St. Louis the night the mm-hmm. uh, verdict came down. And what was your experience like that night? Obviously being from St. Louis and, you know. Um, man, that was so intense. And it would have been intense anyway is the crazy thing. Because, I mean, it's intense just going home and seeing everybody and trying to make time and, you know see all your friends. So that's intense by itself. And then our Did bus you, broke like, down. Make sure you ate barbecue in St. Louis because that's what people do when they go there. Man, we didn't even, like, the bus broke down an hour and a half outside of St. Louis. That's weird. So we got to the show after the show started. And it was all just so intense. And literally the non-verdict came down, like, as we were pulling up to the venue. And it was just all happening at once. And it was so, like, yeah. mind-numbingly intense. Yeah. And, you know, we're all watching on the bus. And we don't even have time to process it and cry and feel you know what i'm saying like we don't even because i have to go set up turntables right yeah. now yeah like, you have to do your job right now yeah mm-hmm. and you know it's, it was just another amazing example of like this run the jewel shit is real like yeah, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't mike took some time to jot down you know a compelling intro yeah, yeah. he saw that shit on the tv him and l walked on stage and said what they felt and they both you know, express themselves passionately and, and intelligently. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, you know, they were just, they were just honest and said, you know, mm-hmm. which is what they do on the records as well. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. I like it too, because uh, they've, the, 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 especially the second run, the Jules album, uh, which, you know, I, like I wrote about it for best, best album of the year. And what's crazy about it is like, there's the, the song, the, the politics are wrapped so well into the actual songs themselves mm-hmm. and like they can say so much with like a bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is like, you and you'll catch it later and, and they're, they're, yeah, they're both, L's got some lines that just, just a three word phrase that doesn't seem to, you know, like that doesn't necessarily seem to mean what it would mean on the surface. And then just in the context, it like says a whole paragraph's worth of, you know, you know, painting a picture, or, you know, inserting an emotion into what he's saying, or you know, yeah, yeah. I've been a, both of their writing, you know, is is just is just amazing. Yeah, I've been a fan L, I'm of still both pi- of them for years. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I've no, been a good. fan of both of them for years that. for like way too different for two different reasons, and and them coming together, like that was like like the most left field shit, but yeah. it, it makes sense, and I think that's what the times were about too, like. Like why wouldn't you think this goes together? Even if you right. look, look at food, well, food and shit nowadays, it, you know, like people are putting these these ingredients that had never really went together, or were never on the same plate, and they put them together, and it makes total sense. Which shows, I think, I think it shows that uh, hip hop, I think, uh, also changed a lot. Like you know what I mean? Before, like it was you know like oh you can't like southern hip hop. You know that was that perception. I don't think it was ever that really was New Yorkers though. True. That was New Yorkers though. Yeah, low key. Uh, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like that. I don't. I never found like it like that in L.A. But nah. Um, anyways, we got to wrap up because uh, the beat junkies are actually about right. to take over. The motherfucking uh, beat junkies. I know. <laughs> yeah, anyways. I don't feel right being in the beat junkies way. So, um, yeah. I know. I was, <laughs> it's like, that's like you get like seven years they, of bad hip hop They paved the way for me and I'm just going to sit here and get in their way. No, All right. So who your favorite? Well, you're, yeah. Before we end, fuck that. Let's just run it. Who are your favorite DJs? Oh, yeah. That's a good we, question. We didn't have enough time to really uh, talk to you. We might have to do yeah, this shit. We're again. not. Yeah, yeah, part yeah two. we'll have to do a part two. Um, but I mean, off the top, I mean, everyone in that room over there, I don't so even want to pick pick one of them they're all everyone in that room is incredible yeah but would you give one who's your one 
<laughs> one. One. And you can say if he's like a turntablist or like it's, great uh, mixtapes or whatever. I'm just going to cheat. I'm going to say J-Rock because that's the last, last of them that I saw DJ live. So I'm going to say J-Rock. J-Rock is a beast. I, I mean, saw he's him incredible. at South by yeah. an incredible He's set. like a magician. But they're all incredible. I don't want to discredit any one of them. Yeah. Um, as far as people that aren't in this building, I love Gaslamp mm-hmm. as a live DJ. Hubert is obviously still incredible. Um, DJ Shadow is one of my favorite producers mm-hmm. and performers of all time. Um, it was a great teacher. Scratch R- Bastard. RJ Scratch Bastard. Yeah, I seen Scratch great Bastard do some shit. Yeah. Z Trip. Z Trip. A million people. But let's let these guys get this right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, what's but then up? the rest of the beat junkies, that makes the top 10. You're, right. Hey, you're, bro, I'm sorry, about to, <laughs> We're about to, uh, you're about to obviously find you on Twitter. Get your, yeah. where, where's the best place to get your mixes? Is that your website? Um, uh, my website's down right now. SoundCloud. <laughs> um, but yeah, sound, if you, yeah, SoundCloud. If you just search DJ Trackstar Mixtapes or DJ Trackstar SoundCloud, I'm at DJ Trackstar on Twitter, at Trackstar the DJ on Instagram. Um, and my website's djtrackstar.com, but right now that's useless information. But soon it'll be good again. So yeah, go, go you're tra- touring ever. You're playing Glastonbury and yeah. shit. Damn. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we got, we got some stuff coming up. Anyways, all right. Shots fired. Shots yeah. fired. Thanks, Salute. Trackstar. No doubt. Peace.